podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at CypherCast.net and follow us on Twitter at CypherCast.net. I'm here talking to uh, another person who I think is uh, significant and important to the Incantations universe. Uh, I'm talking to Jason Robinson. Uh, introduce, like, say hi. I oh. introduced you. Oh, hello. <laughs> is that your opening? Is it oh, hello? Yeah. Um, so, Jason. <laughs> yes. You have your own podcast. I do. Which is set in Saturn and in, like you, you talk about Invisible Sun. That's true. And what, what is that podcast? Well, that podcast is The Secret Seller. I, I do think it's kind of interesting that between the two of us, we represent like two-thirds of the Invisible Sun podcasters in the entire world, as far as I know. What? What are the three podcasts that are about Invisible Sun? Because oh, no. I'm only aware of our two. Yeah, but um, it, through the three people, not the three podcasts. If oh, if people. Scott were here and a missile hit this house, Scott Scott doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> then all of the Invisible Sun podcast podcasters would no longer exist. But yeah, yes, I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're uh, two of the three Invisible Sun podcasters. Weird. Mm, surreal? Mm, possibly. Possibly surreal. Um, so I wanted to put something down on our uh, show for... This is going to be our 100th episode. 100? Yeah, it's significant. I, I was realizing earlier that like something like... I've listened to every minute of every episode all hundred of those that's something like 60 hours of scott and dave piped <laughs> directly into my mind yeah i'm sorry that's, ah, it's it's significant it's great it is a hundred episodes it's really cool how, it's, how long when did you start how long has it been in time we were talking about this earlier and i think invisible sun was announced at gen con in 2017 or was it 2016 16 because it's been this will be three years of People aside from like Monty Cook knowing about this thing being on its way. I'm pretty sure Monty Cook has known about Invisible Sun longer than that. That's what I mean. He's the exception to the three anyway. Yeah. Oh, even longer than like four years. Like okay. I think he, whatever. Sure. You might hear about this on our other segment <laughs> on the show if we can get Monty on the mic. Anyway, uh, 2016. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, 2016 was the announcement that Monty Cook Games was going to be releasing Invisible Sun. They were going to do a Kickstarter for it, and uh, Incantations started up shortly afterwards. That's awesome. And Scott and I have been talking about this game for three three years, and I'm trying very hard not to swear because I don't want to edit anything. <laughs> so, um, Scott, you have Jason. Um, Scott is not here, uh, <laughs> so don't expect him to chime in. Uh, Jason, you've yes. got your own uh, podcast that you've been uh, doing that's been inspired by Invisible Sun and is set in the actuality. Correct. So I wanted to get you on here. We wanted to we wanted to bring a bunch of people on who have 
been involved with Invisible Sun in some significant way, uh, I guess, in our opinion. Uh, and Jason, I wouldn't know who you are if it wasn't for this game. So I want you to tell me, how has Invisible Sun impacted your life? And like, how, how are things going with Invisible Sun? Like, what's going on? Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, um, I really like all the kind of crisscrossy web of connections because like, you know, if incantations was not a thing, I would not have met you and would not be sitting here at Gen Con uh, with well, you. Before Gen Con. What? Well, before, yeah, right. I mean, right. It's all, it's, it's big Gen Con week. We are a few yeah. days before the convention starts. Um, but uh, what has Invisible Sun meant to me? There's so many ways I could answer that, but I think that the big one, I had just come through a period of time where I was just rethinking a lot of things about my own perception of like how things are and kind of what is true. Mm -hmm. And uh, the combination of deciding that I didn't have a lot of spare time and I was like, if I'm going to spend time doing a thing as a hobby for my own enrichment, it's going to be role-playing games. And then I kind of stumbled into Numenera and Monty Cook Games and went, okay, it's going to be Monty Cook Games. That's, when when was this? There. Was this? This would have been maybe three and a half years ago now or something. Okay. So I was just starting, well, whenever the Reliquary box came out, the Numenera yeah. Reliquary. I didn't know anything about Numenera, but one thing led to another and I stumbled into that. I ended how, did up, you, how did you stumble into Numenera specifically? I can tell you. It is because there was a Kickstarter for Project Infinity, which later became, um, I'm blanking the name, but it was a remake uh, kind of inspired by the spirit of Baldur's Gate. So it was a point-and-click RPG adventure. um, So it was a PC game. PC game that had a Kickstarter it, they updated Baldur's Gate, or was no, it, it was, Project it was Eternity? A, Project Eternity. It was very much a new Pillars game. Of Eternity? Pillars of Eternity. It there was it go. was called Project In- Infinity, I think, when it was like an unannounced thing. Anyway, okay. in the like spiritual successor to Baldur's Gate, yeah. which I adored, uh, you know, a long time ago. Oh, I like that game a lot, and That's I so never played through it because it is enormous. It's very very large. Um, I should be closer, right? I should yeah, be closer. I should be closer. So, uh, thanks for critiquing my podcasting. <laughs> you, Dave, you should be closer to the mic. Um, <laughs> so that happened, and then through that, there was kind of this rash of other stuff going on, and out of that came. Um, was it the Numenera PC game? Yeah, tides of tides of Numenera, and torment, torment, tides Tides of Numenera. Numenera. Very significant that we get torment in there because yes, torment Planescape is incredible. And I had torment tides of Numenera, really good. I really enjoyed that game. Nice, yeah, it's also really good. And I had missed. I actually never played torment, like I missed that when I was young. Sure, Um, but through that i ended up like following the thing backwards and there was some partnership and i was like yeah what is this numenera and and then somewhere around then the reliquary box came out okay and for whatever reason i was just like i'm not sure but this looks cool and i bought it so you backed the reliquary i backed the reliquary and then i just read it i just read everything and there was like an awful lot so it was just a huge deep dive into i think numenera is the last 
like setting slash core book that I read the entire thing of. Like I read that whole thing. It was it's really good. It's really good. There's there's so much in there and it's so vast. Uh but what what really stuck with me is I just started a lunchtime game at my work thinking like, oh, we'll play a little. And mm-hmm. then it stuck. And because the system was so easy and fast and so good for storytelling, it yeah. really worked in a way where I could just tell stories an hour a week at lunch. And we started this big campaign. And then cool. kind of backwards through that, I ended up finding out a bit more about MCG and this thing and that thing and the other thing. Mm-hmm. And I had just decided for myself, you know what? I'm going to focus on this. I don't have time to try every game that comes along these days. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to like, I now have all this Numenera stuff yeah. and I'm just going to like play Numenera and maybe other MCG games. And with that in mind, uh, Invisible Sun was announced and I wasn't actually tuned in for the announcement. I wasn't paying that close attention, but I heard about it a few weeks after Gen Con okay. and then started following the thing. And so I was watching during the whole ARG mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And um, I'm going to interrupt you here yeah. because... I was a paying. I was paying attention. I was at Gen Con when they announced it. Nice. And I was pay, paying attention after Gen Con when they were doing all the geocaching stuff. Mm-hmm. And I swear it was Jeremy Land who went out and grabbed one of the caches that it was the closest one to us, or maybe it was just outside of Chicago. I forget. But I think Jeremy grabbed one, and I remember following his Twitter account or somebody's Twitter account while they were going out and getting one. The one that I remember was Sean, uh, who I ended up, the, the, the first Gen Con that I ever went to was two years ago, and mm-hmm. I ended up being, the one where being I avoided roommates you. with Sean. The one where you avoided me, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> behind the scenes... Um, I'm going to reveal the, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the, the curtain back here. I don't like talking to people I don't know. <laughs> so when Jason came up and said, oh, hi, um, did you, did you even come up and say hello to me? Yeah, I did. Because you and Scott, I mean, I was, I was, <laughs> I pounced on you a little. Cause like, I didn't know it was my first Gen Con. I didn't know anybody, but like, yeah, you know, at that point I'd had whatever 30 hours of you in my brain. Uh, and oh I was God. just like, oh, like. I'm going to go say hi. And I knew, I went and said hi to Scott. And then I think he pointed me at you. Probably. And uh, so then I went to say hi to you. And I just remember, (laughs) I remember you handing me a card and then just like doing a 180 and just turning your back and walking away into the crowd, which I wasn't offended. It was just, yeah, Um, it's okay. Yeah, I ran away from you at Gen Con 20. Here's the whole, I'll give you the whole chronology. It is 29. Gen Con 2017, you ran away from me. Gen Con 2018, you... uh, That was last year. Last year. You conceded to have a drink with me. We had a a drink. You and me and Ian. And uh, my friend Zach. And Zach. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Zach. (laughs) He doesn't listen (laughs) to to this. I don't think he knows what a podcast is. Yeah, we grabbed drinks on uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. Or Wednesday afternoon before yeah. the MCG uh, GM's meeting. Yeah. And. Uh, yes, we went uh, and grabbed uh, drinks and a snack or dinner before the MCG meetup. Yeah. Yeah, you and me and Zach and Ian, right? That's correct, yeah. Okay. I conceded? Yeah, you conceded. You, you agreed to. I mean, you still, at that point, at the moment we went to have drinks, 
I was still basically a stranger, and yet you chose to speak to me. You were very much a stranger, but at that point, didn't you have a show? Well, that's true. At and that, at and that you point, had like emailed Scott and me, <laughs> and you had asked for our permission or perhaps our blessing to I, I was create very, a show. I was very nervous because I was like, well, <laughs> you know, there are two other people who share one show in the Invisible Sun podcasting universe. I decided after listening to uh, Darcy's Cypher Speak, Darcy and Troy talking and about, Troy. they had their like... Darcy, who's know. cool, and Troy, who sucks. <laughs> <laughs> they had their you know New Year's podcasting episode and they oh, they, yeah. they were very like if you want to start a podcast you should do it and I totally took yes. inspiration from that and that's what kicked it off. And oh, so it's not me and Scott; it was Darcy and Troy who inspired you. Well, because that's what I'm hearing, and like I think you're done. Like you can go find a hotel <laughs> and stay at that place tonight. I will say this. To start a podcast was the Darcy thing. But then I had to figure out what to do, right? And then I was like, well, I'm pretty intrigued by this Invisible Sun, but I don't want to, like, start a podcast and then, like, start a war with these guys that I think are cool, even though one of them runs away from me. Uh, so I sent an email, but to the wrong email address. Okay. Like, uh, uh, I sent it to the one, well, not the wrong email address. I sent it to the one on your Incantations website, which you apparently never check. Oh, I check it infrequently. Infrequently. And so it So if you want like, to get in touch with us, just send an email to incantations at gmail. Wait, no. Incantationspodcast at gmail.com? I don't remember which. But a couple, like a few weeks went by or something. And like, yeah. Because you were infrequently checking your email. And I was like, oh man, they hate me. They think I'm trying to step on their turf. Okay, so that's half true. I didn't like you because I didn't know you. Fair. <laughs> and I know you now, and I still don't. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut like all of this because this is all dumb garbage. It's yeah, no one, no one. But the, yeah, but yeah, you you sent us an email saying, "Hey, would it be okay if I started a podcast about Invisible Sun?" Yeah, I did. and I said, "Yeah, a hundred percent. Like you should do it." Yeah, it was a it was a great email, and so then I started, and uh, and that at that point, by the time I decided, you know, what I was doing, watching, here is where if you had not had your I cared about Invisible Sun as an interesting game from Monty Cook. Yeah. And it checked a lot of the aesthetic boxes for me. But hearing those first couple of episodes of Incantations that were digging into like, hmm, what, what is, is surrealism? surrealism? And like the whole World War One connection and the whatever. Oh, I was yes, going thank through, you, Scott. it was, there was really good stuff there. And I was, as I said, I was sorting through a lot of personal rethinkings of things. And in a way that it never connected with me as a freshman art history student or whatever, um, suddenly I started like seeing these new layers of like, oh, how can surrealism be a tool for challenging like systems of belief? Yeah. And it deeply, it like shook me awake in some ways. And then I started developing this idea of like, this is, this is a game that I could spend the next I could gather a group and I could spend the next 10 years playing this thing and if I'm just going to focus on one thing like this has the richness to do it and it's in a way that even Numenera doesn't it's like very much my aesthetic and I was just captivated and then I I just I went all in so when you say it's your aesthetic is that the the surreal 
aspect of this game or is there more to it than just surrealism like well, what is the aesthetic that it's speaking to when i'm talking about that because as i just said the surrealism part of it was actually a learned like i had to come around to the surrealism part i was very intimidated by it at first but yeah me too yeah but the aesthetic part of it was honestly just the like art nouveau is my jam like to you... the nth degree you earlier today said that you sometimes dream in 1930s art deco i do like literally and this has been true since i was in high school when i have dreams they look like art deco slash art nouveau movies like old it's that's true that's a thing yeah that's that's great i love it so so purely aesthetically, just visually, there's that level. But mm-hmm. also, the other side of it is uh, everything that's stories that have to do with uncovering layers of secrets. Everything from ciphers wrapped in riddles, wrapped in things, hidden in boxes, to also the surface layers of like learning a new piece of information that suddenly changes the way that you think about what you thought you knew about the setting or whatever in the past like all these yeah. all these things that were boldly stated about what invisible sun was going to be from the beginning that's that's really what i mean by the aesthetic is like okay that's the kind of thing i want to invest myself in because i know that long slow burn payoff is going to keep giving rewards and it just scratches some part of my brain that makes me deeply satisfied with it so so you got inspired by Invisible Sun to put together a podcast, and has that adjusted, has that changed how you're functioning? Like, how has that impacted your life? I remember Darcy again, who was the true inspiration for this. No, day. Darcy's amazing. She's great. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if anybody's going to inspire somebody to start a podcast, Darcy is definitely the person. No, but I, I, what I remember is, is a specific thing that she mentioned was like, oh, like she just said in that show, like, oh, like you could go somewhere and like, no one knows who you are. But then once you have a podcast, you go somewhere and people are like, oh, you're a podcaster. And it sounds very (laughs) cheesy and selfish. And maybe it was, but I was like. Oh, that sounds nice. Um, oh, it sounds nice, but let me tell you. But then people come talk to you, Dave. Come, come people, people come up and, and, and they say, like, I know who you are, and it sounds vaguely threatening. <laughs> but it is true. I, I hadn't created anything either for myself or, like, generously to share with people that wasn't just essential for a period of a couple of years. We had just had it kid and there was like work and there was whatever and it was like life was just sort of artistically it was just survival mode for a very long time i am right there with you yes and this it was very exciting to seize on something that i knew had the the depth that i could like stay with this for a while and that i was really excited about and also that could people or that could like that I could give to people I mean there was a selfish need for me to create but also the the generous act of like oh I can create make a space I knew from the beginning I wanted to do an interviewee kind of thing because I love the chance to make space for people (laughs) to be excited about the things they're excited about and like share that 
it's funny looking back on the email that you sent us and you were you were asking if we, if we would be okay with another invisible sun podcast and i've listened to all of your episodes and your show is inspired by invisible sun and it is nothing like what scott and i talk about <laughs> no and and some of that was in i mean i i it's I, intentional but you didn't need to ask our, our permission to do well, what you're doing which sure. what you're doing is very like it's so interesting and i <laughs> i love your show and i don't want to say on the air i'll probably edit this out when i say like <laughs> you should put more of them out because it's a great show and i love listening to it thank you i'm working on trying to figure out how to do it more regularly. i'm only going to edit this out because i don't like giving people compliments that other people hear i'll never admit to anyone that you said something nice about me dave it's okay All right. but um but it is but it is a true i i call it invisible sun adjacent because it takes place in the world of saturine and it is very much infused with that but i'm except not except you're in a bar that loves to revel in the fact that it's basically the gray sun so this might give you some insight. I used to work at TGI Fridays in West Orange, New Jersey. And if you've ever been in like a circa 2000 TGI Fridays, you walk in and there's like... A Alligator with sunglasses? Yeah. And like a bicycle on the wall and then like a weird fishing net hanging from the ceiling that has nothing to do with anything. And it's just this like strange curated celebration of nothingness trash. trash americana something yeah um and that's i that's exactly that's what inspired like the the aesthetic layer of what the secret seller is it's <laughs> it's trash <laughs> well it's i mean it, 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 it philosophically sure like you have arrived now in truth and beauty and reality with a capital t and a capital b and a capital r and like you know, the sweatpants equivalent of Visley just being like, I don't want to think about meaning and magic. I just want to like uh, go eat Cheetos and like have a beer and eat some hot wings and eat some hot wings. Right. It's just it's like ugh, I'm just, nobody's eating hot wings in your bar. They totally could. Hot wings are from Shadow, but not on your show. We can fix that next time. Next well, time we have a visitor like who knocked a ghost out of your like ceiling fan? Well, that was Monty Cook. Oh yeah, that's right. That <laughs> that guy knocked trash out of your ceiling. What a what a hack. Old Thomas is not trash. I'll have you know. Um, <laughs> I thought it was James D'Amato. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that that one was definitely Monty. Anyway, the the point of all of that yes, is anyway. it is uh, it Do is. Do you know people are listening to this trash? <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a theme here. Um, yeah, you're you're interviewing you're you're talking to the co-host who I have described as the non-intellectual co-host. <laughs> you're talking to the trash host. <laughs> the trash host. <laughs> like if if incantations was like a zoo crew, I would be in charge of it. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Thanks. It's good to be here. So, yeah, Old Thomas, not trash. Not trash at all. Here's the thing. is I think that it really is a, a peculiar combination of things about Invisible Sun. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't make a podcast that celebrates art and creation and the blurred reality of, like, where does magic end and story begin mixed in with our normal life if it were set in a 
tavern in D and D. Like mm-hmm. taverns in D and D are great, and I love them. But they yeah, are they are not they are that works very well for what they do. They do, but they are not the setting for this sort of. So I was one of the invited writers, which is like an incredible honor in the Invisible Sun essay art book that is forthcoming, the the essay book. Um, what what the well it's it was in the kickstarter it's the um the essence of invisible sun and it was one of the like extra 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 stretch goals so it's like a physical book that they're making uh that's coming from mcg and it's going to be coming soon like soon this summer and um, i didn't know (laughs) i this is i don't think i've i mean i haven't talked about it a lot but i they asked me to write an essay and so like if they're gonna ask anybody like you and scott should be writing for it it's an amazing group of writers that are in this book. And I like look mm-hmm. at the list of people writing things and I'm very honored to be on that list. And it's also, this is a fun note. The first time, you know, I'm a graphic designer. I've been paid to make things pretty, but, uh, <laughs> Monty cook games, sending me a check to write them an essay for this book <sighs> is the first time in my life I have been paid for words. So as of this summer, You've I am going to be underpaid. <laughs> they paid they they actually they no, pay right. yeah i i will just stop you there and say they pay very fairly and well and sorry they, i was just making a generalization yeah. about how writers get paid yes. which is nothing but that is fair monty cook games yeah they've been very vocal about yeah. like paying writers something that is yeah. reasonable they really value their yeah which i really appreciate but uh yeah i, I am now a professional writer uh, Ooh, as of this cool. summer, because because I have written this essay, oh, but that's uh, awesome! I don't remember that stretch goal, and that's really cool. It's I have seen a proof. It's a beautiful, beautiful book, and the I would essays imagine you would have seen a proof. The book. essays are lovely, uh, so you can look forward to it. But what I wrote about was the specific combination of things in Invisible Sun that allow for layers upon layers of meta folding upon each other, and the <laughs> the fertile ground in which specific types of stories can be told. It's a very Jason essay. I mean, your your podcast is a meta discussion about creativity yeah. in a surreal reality that doesn't exist. That is all accurate and non-existent at the same time. Yeah. 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 So, makes total sense. So all of that is to say, how has Invisible Sun changed my life or impacted my life? Like, mm-hmm. I am now doing this creative thing I was not doing that I feel like, I mean, I could have done something else creative, but I could not have done this creative thing in the oeuvre of another game that was not Invisible Sun. And part of that too is just the support of the community who is so creative and Montego Games themselves who are so supportive of the people who do things in and around them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm just really grateful for all of it. And the biggest single part of it is just friendships and relationships and community this is my third time coming to gen con and i have had a great time the last few years but this year is the year where i came here like before i was like first year i was like i'm gonna play games and then i was like i'm gonna like be involved in i don't know whatever like the center of the game universe and this year i'm like (laughs) there's so many friends that i want to see and i like really like i now have friends at gen con that i see there which is a really cool journey because i don't remember the last time i made a new friend in quite Uh, a while like we like we talked about earlier making friends is um i wouldn't say overrated i would say it's like uh, making friends yeah uh that's one of the biggest things that invisible sun has done for me because i want to bring this back around to talk about me 
Yeah, do that. Because I'm a good interviewer. (laughs) (laughs) But like, yeah, like I think our paths are similar in certain ways. Like I've been coming to Gen Con these past couple of years just to see, you know, Scott and now Scott and Jason and all of these other MCG volunteers that I've gotten to know. When I see you at Gen Con, Dave, I'm going to run away from you. Just, just. It all comes back around. I, I hope you do. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like nothing more than a good callback. This ends our walk. Maybe you discovered something today. Maybe you need to look closer. The music was titled Beyond from Wes Otis and Plate Mail Games. It is available from DriveThruRPG. Invisible Sun is the intellectual property of Monty Cook Games. You can find a link to their website in the show notes. You can find our show archive at incantationspodcast.com, and you can email us at incantationspodcast at gmail.com. You can find Scott at Agonseer on Twitter, and you can find me at tex underscore red on Twitter. Leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We hear it helps people find the show. Or tell a friend about the show. That's another great way to help us out.